Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Warmer from the low. Welcome to Bobby Las Vegas for Cuss Cuss Eats with myself, Greg Eames Peterson, now a part of the Visa Family Podcast, and we've got a tremendous podcast for you guys. We're going to be doing a two-parter here. We're going to be talking to Matt Cox. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. I know that he is getting set for the upcoming college basketball season as he is going to be part of the Almanac, which I know that that is a coming together of traditionally the three-man weave along with the field of 68 at Heat Check CBB to just preview the upcoming college basketball season. And we're going to be chatting with him about what we're noticing with the ripple effects of everything that's happened with West Virginia. And we're going to be looking at the upside of some of these teams that have been beneficiaries. Texas Tech is certainly one that we're going to be hitting upon. We're going to be looking at some diamond in the rough teams as well. I know that we're going to be mentioning as well the Big Ten. Is it going to be a little bit more top-heavy this season as well? So we're going to be taking a look at a lot of different teams with our good friend Matt Cox, in segment number two. Here in segment number one, we're going to be rounding up the news and notes that we saw in college basketball over the last 48 hours. And certainly we are starting to see a little bit more of a shortage in terms of college basketball news and notes, but we actually got some bangers over the last 48 hours, which is what we do like to see. The reason why it's the last 48 hours and not the last 24 hours is due to the fact that we did the Ivy League conference preview yesterday and you are getting more and more conference previews because things are starting to dry up a little bit more in terms of the news and notes in college basketball. But we saw two very prevalent moves in the SEC. We're going to be hitting upon those in segment number one. And if you do have a question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, you do have one of two ways to be able to fire those in. First one is my Twitter timeline at unit underscore 81. Keep in mind, letters here. Maybe it does not matter, so as per usual, please send these into the timeline. Other ways, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire in whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast via that five-star review. Hopefully, we're going to have a preview of the Metro Atlantic Conference up within the next few days as well, because like I said, it is starting to dry up in terms of some of the news that we're seeing in college basketball, but we did see this happen a little bit over 24 hours ago, and this is a big one. Javon Quinterly who is playing over at Alabama this last season, he has decided that he is going to be joining Memphis. Now, with Javon Quinterly was in a little bit more of a reserve role last season with Alabama. year before that, he was a primary starter that was able to average 14 points per game. And if Memphis can find a little bit more three-point shooting, if they're able to get the Quinterly that we saw during the 2020-21 season when he shot 43.5% from three. Now, 
I think that that might have been a little bit of an outlier. His career three-point shooting percentage, 33.7%. That year he averaged right around 13 points, a little bit over three assists per contest. But if they're able to get even close to that three-point shooting from Quinterly, that is going to be big. And it is going to be very interesting to see how all these pieces meld together. And it's very hard to believe, by the way, that Memphis was a team that towards the beginning of the Penny Hardaway era, they were one of the more ultimate one-and-done schools. Now they've got incoming nine different transfers. And I do think that this is going to be a group that should be able to meld together quite well. Caleb Mills was a former American preseason player of the year when he was at Houston. Now at Florida State, he was able to put up a double figure amount of points per game. Defense was eluding him a little bit. Jonathan Pierre, he was a part of that Nova Southeastern team that won the Division II national title game, six foot nine, do it all sort of player. David Jones coming in from St. John's. Six foot six, not a great three point shooter, but is a very versatile guy. I remember, he had a triple double when he was at DePaul a few seasons ago, so he's able to stuff the stat sheet as well. Nick Jordan is someone that's able to do a very nice job down low, being able to pull in some rebounds, a little bit more of a defensive player. And Jordan Brown, he comes in after he was the main guy down low for Louisiana a few seasons ago as well, including this last year when they made the NCAA tournament. And it's a former McDonald's All-American. It's a very interesting blend with Memphis. And if they can find chemistry, I think that this is going to be a team that offers a lot of upside. I think that they're going to be one of those classic teams that maybe you want to fade a little bit early and then towards back of the season. If they're able to build that camaraderie, if they're able to build that chemistry, that is a team that you want to take a look at. And we are still unsure whether or not DeAndre Williams is going to be back for what feels like his 57th year of college basketball. He's old enough to be able to get the team the rental car at this point. So that is going to be of interest. And then we did see Josiah Jordan-James decide that he is going to be back at Tennessee for this upcoming season. Really a set G suffer, and that has led to a little bit of a ripple effect. Chris Ledlam, who was playing at Harvard last year, very fitting that he did my Ivy League Conference preview yesterday. He has decided that he is back in the transfer portal, and Though it was at a little bit of a lower level basketball for Ludlow, this is a forward that last year at Harvard had 18.5 points, 8.5 boards, 1.8 steals, a little bit over a block per contest, career about 30% three-point shooter at six foot six. Not a guy that's going to be a terror from the outside, but certainly someone that's able to do a nice job ripping down a lot of rebounds, has a very good frame in general, so I think that that becomes of intrigue, and for West Virginia, another guy that they're going to be able to target, but we're going to be keeping this relatively West Virginia free, but one of those teams that did benefit quite a bit from, shall we say, the follies of West Virginia, that would be Texas Tech. We're going to be talking about them quite a bit next with our good friend Matt Cox. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. We're going to be taking quite a bit of a look at the Big Ten as well. Is this going to be a Big Ten that could be a conference that does have a little bit more of a top-heavy feel to it before you have a big giant tier number two? And how should we be evaluating teams as well that they maybe had unexpected runs in March? We're going to be addressing that as well because oftentimes we do find teams that maybe they played above their skis a little bit in March. They get a little bit overvalued. And we're going to be addressing that with regards to Florida Atlantic being one of the main teams that we talk about with Matt next right here on Coast Coast Hoops with myself, Craig Peterson, now a part of the Beeson Family Podcast. This show slash podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp and 
over at BetterHelp. They're helping you try to be able to ease up on your life a little bit more because I'm sure that you, much like myself, wish you had a little bit more time on your hands, whether that be to pursue a hobby. I myself could use a little bit of sleep as I've been handicapping about like 300 games a week and you're not able to get a lot of sleep when you're working that much. So hopefully you appreciate it on this podcast. But that said, Therapy can be exactly what you need to be able to get a little bit more time on your hands to pursue exactly what you love. And if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It is entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched up with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time at no additional charge. Learn what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Coast today. That's C-O-A-S-T to be able to get 10% off through your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Coast. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Are you ready to become a winning sports better? Schedule a call with SBIA to find out how their service can make you a long-term winning player. They've developed an innovative algorithm that maximizes units return, and they are so confident in their system that they offer a money-back guarantee. Sign up by October 31st and get their NBA package at no cost until they reach 10 net units. They treat sports betting like a business. So if you want to learn how to make your sports betting dreams a reality, visit them at SBIA1.com and check them out on social media at SBIA Sports. 
Greg, and welcome to Las Vegas for Cussy Cussy with myself, Greg Ibs Peterson, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. It is great to be joined by this man. Matt Cox is one-third of, of the three-man weave. As a matter of fact, 33.333% repeating of the three-man weave. He does an absolutely tremendous job taking a look at the great game of college basketball. He is based out there in the great Midwest and is able to be followed at Matty underscore Cox all together. And then for the three-man weave, that is at the number 3MW underscore CBB. I know that they're going to be doing the almanac once again, which that is going to be involving Keycheck CBB, three-man weave, Field of 68 was a great publication last year. I'm sure it's going to be a banger this year. And Matt, it's always a banger of a podcast whenever we're able to get you aboard. Thank you so much for joining me. No, thank you, man. It's the hardest working man in the business. It's a pleasure and an honor. Absolutely. It is always a pleasure. And you're a very hardworking man yourself, Matt. And over these last few months, how have you been preparing for the upcoming season? Because as we know, this is really the one sport out there where they always have that saying of your work is never done. And when there's now 362 D1 teams, because we saw two teams leave the D1 level, including St. Francis of New York, just cut all sports across the board. It's not just college basketball. It's every single sport that's just gone for them. And little point comes up to the Those poor yeah. terriers. Yeah, good to see a lot of those guys getting picked up in the transfer portal, by the way. So a lot of those guys, they're still going to be playing D1 basketball. But you do have LeMoyne coming up to the D1 level as well. How do you just go about your off-season research and just getting set for the upcoming season in general? Just a lot of roster tracking. Really not much you can do until you, know, you get a little closer to the season. You start to get a better feel for you know what teams look like. The overseas trip... Intel should be pretty huge this season. I think Jeff Goodman posted it's like the largest group of teams taking foreign trips. And so I think usually you can learn a lot from that. So I don't see this point it's just tracking player movement, which again is continuous, but at the last, you know, it's slowed down precipitously the last few weeks. So just kind of taking inventory, making some notes, making the exhausting the notepad and, you know, seeing where I end up in a month or two once I start getting some of these, uh, these foreign trips and early practice notes coming out from the local reporters. Yep, it is going to be very interesting to try to track all this movement. And it certainly is a labor of love, my friend. North of 1,600 players entered into the transfer portal. And obviously that means that there's going to be a lot of teams that were stocked up, stocked down on. And the movement has not stopped based on everything that we've been seeing with West Virginia. And one of the main beneficiaries of, shall we say, the dumpster fire of West Virginia has been Texas Tech because they were able to pick up one of those guys in Joe Tucson in recent weeks as well. Devin Cambridge, who was originally supposed to go to Oregon, he has decided to go to Texas Tech. And I'm not sure how you feel about some of these new coaches, but I do feel like one of the best coaching hires that was made during the offseason was Grant McCaslin. And with the late additions that he's been able to have, I think that he could be immediately one of the most successful year one coaches in a new spot in all of college basketball. No, I agree. I, I actually jumped on their national title future at 250 to one. I think they're at 151 right now. I, I actually would still add a little bit more at the current price. I just think with the guys they got in the portal, I think McCaslin, his intelligence, his wisdom as a coach that he showed at North Texas, I think has carried over to the players he has targeted and picked up in the portal, right? Just guys that I think fit his system, but also just some really undervalued guys that have a chance to be a lot better than what their service level stats indicate. You know, we've been singing the praises of Warren Washington all offseason as one of the great rib protectors that entered the portal. See why he got overlooked being part of that Arizona State team that was really, really good defensively last year, and he was at the forefront of that. But I think people just didn't really take a lot of those guys seriously. It's sort of an it looks like an island of misfit toys sometimes. And then Tucson really fills a huge need, right? They needed like a point guard creator there, you know, to kind of set up Pop Isaacs, the stud shooter. 
Cambridge, a big-time athlete. It's a really good roster. How high they fly, that conference is unrelenting. Just feel bad for anyone in that league this season. But yeah, that's going to be a really strong coach, I think. Yep, I think so as well. And you do mention it. The Big 12, it is going to be very brutal this year. As joining me on the show, we've got Matt Cox. He does tremendous work over at the three-man weave. And Matt, right now we've got the dumpster fire that is West Virginia. And right now it's just bad for everyone. You can debate on who it's worse. I think that this just is a really, really bad look for Bob Huggins in general. It's just really sad to see someone's career end the way that it has for Bob Huggins. But I mean, we could go into that on another podcast on another day. But I just take a look at what is all happening with West Virginia right now. And for one, what is playing on the media, it's, in my opinion, probably hurting a team that they need depth right now because they're down to nine guys on the roster as we do this. Heck, they might be down to eight by the time this uploads. And that is not helping them. And then for two as well, with West Virginia, they actually do have top-flight guys like Jesse Edwards, Kirk Carissa, that has stuck with the program. But when you do lose the likes of Trey Mitchell, what have you, I do think that Josh Eilert is in a very tough situation because if they were in a conference like the Big 12 or if they were in a conference like the Pac-12, even maybe the Big 10, I think they'd be able to skate by. But you just mentioned it with the Big 12. This is the most relentless and this is the biggest gauntlet of a conference in all of college basketball. Yeah, with the teams they added this year, it's like, you know, people think just because they added some, you know, BYU, UCF, you know, they look to finish toward the bottom of the conference. Like, I think they're still really good teams. Like, there's no bad, bad teams. And you're right, West Virginia, I think, because of the dwindling depth, we've just seen these injury landmines pop up so commonly for more of these marquee teams. If you don't have depth to plug holes, it can spiral in a, in a hurry. We'll see if they are able to round out any more roster pieces, but it's just going to be a tough battle given all the off-the-court stuff that's gone on to, as you just talked about, which I don't, yeah, I'm exhausted even reading about it at this point. But uh, it's a bummer because the team I thought really had a chance to finish top four in a really, really good league. That's how highly I think of Huggins, thought of Huggins, I should say, and the talent he amassed this summer. You know, I kind of like the rallying cry narrative. You know, we saw a similar thing with Manhattan last year at a smaller scale. So we'll see. You know, it's definitely going to be a volatile team, I would say. Yep, I do think so as well. Because once again, as I mentioned, the top flight talent is there. But man, when you lose that depth, having to play in the uh, Big 12, I think that that is going to be very rough on them. And in terms of just gauging the landscape of college basketball right now, when it comes to these late moves, do you have some hesitancy when you do see some of these guys that they get added in the transfer portal late? Because we did see like Trey Mitchell go to Kentucky, and I did mention it. I do like the moves that Texas Tech made, but Joe Tucson going over to Texas Tech in the month of late June, early July, that's a little bit different than Joe Tucson heading on over there in March slash April. When it comes to some of these late transfer portal moves, do you sometimes have to maybe knock it slash downgrade it just a little bit based on the timing? Yeah, I always feel like it's a potential stinky situation where you have, you know, if it's NIL related, right? Like you separate the Trey Mitchell one because I think that's one where it fills a clear need, you know, on Kentucky. I think there's a, there's a relationship there. They need like an older piece. I think he will be welcomed by the young guns. You know, Tucson fills a very clear need for Texas Tech. So that one's where I think, you know, I'm not worried about like a chemistry issue. But like the Paul Mulcahy to Washington, it's like there's a ton of NIL money involved there. They're going to be better with him, no question. He's a valuable player, but the guys in the roster, I don't think, see it as like an obvious need. I think they see him as a guy who, you know, took a late money grab and yeah, he'll make him better. But you do worry about the motives as a teammate. It's just natural, right? You just, it's just your, your psychological nature will, will go there. We'll see. And I think it's kind of a delicate thing with the kids at the, the age that they are making the money that they're making. And I think it affected some teams last year. We know for a fact it did. So those are the types of things that you can get a beat on, a whiff on early that's valuable information to know. 
a lot of it's kind of smoke and, and hearsay, right? But but if you can get a good beat on that, you tend to get a pretty good read on some of these squads. I do think that you can as well. As joining me on the show, we do have Kai McKeon. He does absolutely tremendous work over at the three-man weave, taking a look at the great game of college basketball. And I know that you, Matt, have been doing a great job diving in this offseason with regards to your research. Have there been a few teams that you've been able to identify that maybe they are getting a little bit overhyped slash underhyped based on the moves that they made? Because we just alluded to Texas Tech. They're a team that I take a look at them, and I think that they're going to be in for a relatively solid season. West Virginia, no doubt. They're a sock-down team, but I think that there's a lot of people that are sock down on West Virginia right now. I don't think that I'm giving anything that is too earth-shattering there. But just in your research, in what you've been seeing, is there a few teams in general that you're feeling like they're either getting a little bit too overhyped or a little bit underhyped? I'll give you an underhyped team, and there's nothing titillating about them to hype them up the way they play, Mississippi State. You know, to end how they ended that season last year in the playing game and just you know, starting off actually making shots for once. And then, of course, they fall back to their old, disgusting shooting ways. We're going to get a guy like Andrew Taylor this year to the entire nucleus that was their last season from a tournament team under a coach I love in Chris Jans. I think Taylor is a guy that could really open up the offense now. Will he defend at the level that Jans probably instills? We'll find out. I think he's an underrated defender because he's long, and I think he'd be protected by the other length and the guys behind him. And I think the net benefit he gets you offensively could be a huge boon for an offense that just needs something, anything, in terms of shooting from the outside. Because, again, I just think the bedrock defensively is so strong. It's a team where I think people are not looking as closely as maybe they should. And how much do you want to take a look at those teams that they, in March, either had an ugly end of the season or they had a really good end of the season and looking at the opposite? Because I do think that with Florida Atlantic, they're going to be a tremendous team this season. But at the same time, if they don't get that call to go their way against Memphis, in what regard are we looking at Florida Atlantic and vice versa with Mississippi State? If they can, that one shot against Pittsburgh, how are we viewing them as opposed yep. to if they if they do hit that shot versus if they do not? And I do think that this is something that we're always able to find every single year. And I do think that there's good value in taking a look at these teams that maybe had ugly ends of the season and vice versa, fading the teams that – maybe they went a little bit further than we were expecting in the dance. Yeah, Florida Atlantic's a fascinating case study because I think you're right. Sometimes I move the goalposts and I assess these teams, but you can look at the fact that they could have easily lost to Memphis and then, yeah, we probably would be underrating them. However, because they did win, I think we had like three extra games, Tennessee, Kansas State, San Diego State, who they dominated, by the way, until that late game collapse. I think just watching what they did over that three-game stretch, kind of, I think I look at that as not fluky, but real, and information we didn't have before and proof that this team is all the way legit and I think can play at an elite level and actually has like real upside. It doesn't really make sense. Just look at the name on the school and the talent with the recruiting stars next to their name. It's one of the teams in the past I'd probably be looking to maybe fade or would think would be overrated. But man, I think you'll go broke faster fading that team than not this year. I'll say that. With Florida Atlantic as well, they bring back darn near everyone from last year. I think everyone. Michael Forrest yeah. is really the lone guy that's out of the fold. And I mean, Michael Forrest contributed for the team, but that's certainly not an end-all, be-all case scenario for them as well. So I'm right there with you. And then I do think what else is very interesting is taking a look at Purdue for this upcoming season because I mentioned it, taking a look at teams that maybe were going a little bit further than we expected in the NCAA tournament and fading them. And it doesn't get much more ugly than the way that the season ended for Purdue. But teams I typically like coming into the season 
are those guards that they are able to take a little bit of a leap from year one to year two. And the likes of Fletcher Lawyer, Braden Smith and company in the backcourt, I think should be much better than they were a season ago. And I think that that is going to make Purdue all the better this season. Not saying that I would be picking them to win the national title today or anything like that, but with Purdue, I do think that there's going to be real upside, and I do think that there's going to be a lot of people early in the season that they remember how badly they played against Fairleigh Dickinson, and they might be underrating them a little bit coming into the season as a result. I just think the analytic models and the numbers will have them rated pretty high, and so like we'll see how much that varies from just qualitative narratives out there and, and how where they should be rated, but I agree with you. I mean, I think you know, Painter's talked about trying to find some elements that will help him get over the hump in March, and he recognized some of the matchup limitations with the guys they had out there. But I think you also look at the tournament as a crapshoot, and to have the consistent success that Painter's had, to put yourself in positions to make deeper runs in the field, I still believe long-term is the best approach. Right now, if you're stubborn and you don't adapt in, to some degree, but to go wholesale change would have been foolish. And I think he recognized that. And I hope you're right. I also think they probably come out of Hungary this year too, right? You know, Virginia came out of Hungary that year after they lost to UMBC, I think kind of asserted that they were an awesome team pretty quickly. And then everyone had quietly stopped doubting them. I think Purdue, you could see charting a similar course this year. And I do think that with Purdue, they do need to be put on a little bit of notice because when you lose in back-to-back years of a 15 seed and a 16 seed in the NCAA tournament, I don't care if your name is Jay Wright. I don't care if your name is Matt Painter. I don't care if your name is Greg Peterson. You are going to be put on notice for that, and you deserve to be put on notice for that. But, yeah, I do think that they are going to lend a little bit of value. And I do want to get you out of here on this as well, because I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast during the offseason. It is with regards to the Big Ten. I think that you've got a clear Big Two out there in Purdue and Michigan State. And personally, I think that there's a relatively resounding number three in Illinois as of right now, but I do feel like there's going to be a big log jam in the middle with the likes of Wisconsin, Indiana, Ohio State, Michigan. Rutgers, it's looking relatively rough for them, but I could throw them in that mix as well. Do you think that there could be a little bit more of a tier system in the Big Ten than in past years? Because I feel like the last few years in general, with the Big Ten, it's just been a big, giant hodgepodge, and I think that this year there could be those two or three teams that really separate them, and then you've got a, just a big, giant middle after that. Yeah, and I think it comes down to how good is Purdue, right? Michigan State, I think, is that other team people are kind of penciling at the top of the total pole. And then I think the debate after that, right, two to three is the big drop that some people see. You know, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, Iowa, Wisconsin, obviously, with all they have coming back, although I think they left such a sour taste in people's mouth. Some people are probably writing them off. Ohio State, I think, kind of has a little bit of that bounce back in them, too. You know, Maryland, I think Willard proved he can really coach. Yeah, I just think it's a really good league this year. For once, I think it has really good teams with actual upside, you know, not just at the top with Purdue Michigan State, but even these other teams that people would probably put on Tier 2 or Tier 3. Yeah, and Penn State, Northwestern, Rutgers, even Nebraska, Minnesota, I don't think will be, like, downright awful this year. I mean, Nebraska clearly made strides last year. They got some key pieces back in Minnesota. You know, while Ben Johnson certainly let that thing spiral last year late, I think healthy and a year removed from that, they can be feisty at the bottom of the barrel there. So it's a tough league. It seems bound to assert itself as a dominant league. But again, no one will take it seriously until they do it in the postseason. So this conversation remains moot until next March. And for those that are putting on notice the Big Ten, and I do think it's rightfully so because last time a Big Ten team won the national title game, you have to go back to the 2000 Flintstones of Michigan State I am not counting the fact that Maryland won the national title when they were in the ACC. The Big Ten cannot claim that, but 
The Pac-12 slash the Pac-10 has also not won a national title since 1997. So a pair of power conferences that we need to see it to believe it, but this man always shows us that it is for real. I always believe it with this man as Matt. You do an absolutely tremendous job. Take a look at the great game of college basketball. I know you guys over at the three-man weave are getting set for what is going to be a tremendous season. And I know you guys are getting set on some off-season previews, getting set for the upcoming 2023-24 campaign. So let the good people at home know it's all on tap for you and how people can follow along on social media and other platforms. Thank you, boss. Yeah, it's at 3MW underscore CBB, three-man weave. That's where Jim and Kai do most of our marketing of sorts. I just tend to kind of lurk in the shadows behind the scenes, but make sure to buy the Almanac year number two on that comes out. And if you follow us on Twitter, I'll be spamming that relentlessly. And hopefully we improve on our product last year. I guess more importantly, if you have feedback on that last year, DM us or send us a message because we'd love to hear that. We're trying to put all our ducks in a row for that right now. So yeah, that's it. I got nothing else, boss. And Matt and everyone else that contributed on the Almanac last year, they did an absolutely tremendous job, by the way. That is a must pick up if you are trying to get set for the upcoming college basketball season. That's going to be up towards the very, very late half of the summertime slash early fall. So I know that they are hard to work on that. And Matt, he's always hard at work taking a look at this great game that we all know and love of college basketball. So a big thanks to Matt for joining me on Cusco Soups, now part of the Visa Family Podcast. And if you ever have any question, comment, segment idea, what have you for this podcast, got one or two ways to be able to those in. First one is my Twitter timeline, at GNNRS41. Keep in mind, Lurzy, I'm the mean does not matter. So as per usual, please just send these into the timeline. Otherwise, find an Apple Podcast review. If you rate this podcast five stars, it is very much appreciated. From there, you're able to fire on whatever you'd like to hear on this podcast. Find that five-star review, and I'll be coming at you guys every single day on this podcast. We're getting you set for the upcoming season. More conference previews are going to be coming your way. We've been able to get quite a few done over the last few days, so we're rocking and rolling there because lots of the roster moves have been all taken care of, so we're looking more at being able to break down these teams now that that's been crystallized, and once we get through all those conference previews, it's time for the season where I'll be giving you guys picks and analysis on every single game, every single day, so appreciate you tuning in today, and I'll be back with you once again tomorrow. Thank you so much for tuning in. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It's a simple truth that no matter who you are, mental health challenges can affect you and how you manage them can be all the difference. That's why everyone should have access to mental health support that meets them where they are and helps them get through. BetterHelp provides online therapy on your schedule. It's flexible, simple to use, and more affordable than in-person therapy. Connect with a licensed therapist selected just for you and you're able to learn more over at BetterHelp.com. That's B-E-T-T-E-R-H-E-L-P dot com.